Test one, two, three. Welcome to the Cedar Skier Podcast. Doing my first ever actually truly live show because we're just recording this straight to anchor. Uh, so maybe many of you probably never mind. I'm not going to uh, give away my secret. Uh, we, we, we usually use GarageBand for our recordings, which are still live on Shovel Lake, Shovel Lake Public Radio. But here we are today trying this out. So do I sound, do I have that sugary smooth voice, even though it's on Anchor, Ralph, in the studio, checking the levels? How does it sound? And Ralph is giving me the signal that says, yes, you sound absolutely amazing. So, all right, today, why are we on for today? Well, because it is Day one of the NCAA Track and Field Championships Division One, and of course they uh, the gun is going off for the first couple of events. I believe later this evening in Eugene and the New Hayward Field, and uh, I'm not there. You know, I was actually at the last outdoor track and field championships. They were in Austin. Wow, my life was in a different place there. That was the summer of 2019, and um, actually. I had flown there from Presque Isle, Maine. Isn't that nuts? I flew to Austin, Texas from, no, no, actually back it up. First, I flew from Presque Isle. This was an epic trip. I actually brought my roller skis because it was so long. Uh, <laughs> I flew from Presque Isle to um, the tip of Texas. Uh, what was the What was the name of the city? Gosh, uh, Kingsville, Texas is where we ended up. So you fly to Cape Canaveral, not Cape Canaveral, whatever it is some sort of Cape, not Cape Cod. My gosh. Okay. Anyway, Texas, Kingsville, that was the site of the D2 championship. So I worked there, was in Kingsville, one of the most insane places ever, like so unfriendly for, um, if you were someone like, we even just enjoyed running or just being outside. It was like just the it was very slum, like super windy, 98 degrees and humid from the moment you woke up to when you, the moment you went to bed. And I asked this guy, I was like, is it always like this? Or like, this is kind of hard weather. He's like, it's like this every day. And it's just like, like, yeah, 30 mile an hour winds with just 40 mile an hour gusts, 95 to 98 degrees, humid, unreal. Okay. And that was, that was a very interesting eagle. We had some noobs from St. Thomas on that trip too. I, I was, spending tons of time like going through thesis articles just in the air conditioned training room beneath us um, was injured, couldn't really run much. So I was like, get on the stationary bike for my workout every morning. Yeah. I was just, which was actually better. Again, I would have rather done that than anything else in Kingsville. Then I flew home to Duluth was there for like a week and a half and then flew back to Austin, watched the NCAA D1 championships already typical fashion here. Cedar skier podcast form. We have diverted. If I was on actual live radio, and we had to, you know, come into segments and breaks. I'd either be an MVP or, you know, worst player available because, you know, sometimes it's like we got to fill this segment, just let Cedar talk. Um, I could do that. But if it was we really need to cover, you know, the 10 best runners in the 10K in the next six minutes, um, not, not always going to be good. But that's the point of this show is we are uh, going to highlight the men's distance events today. And the point is, is for many of you, maybe you have, uh, and if you're ardent followers or listeners of my show, you know, you're kind of in the ski world, maybe more, <clears throat> maybe you tune in for skiologians and you'd like to hear me give my theological foundation speeches about everything from, you know, blizzard sizes to, um, um, you know, the latest issue of the day, whether it's 
sex education. That was the latest one. I haven't done a show on that. I really should uh, <laughs> because it's going crazy right now. Don't watch Blue's Clues. Don't even Google Blue's Clues. Okay, just don't do it. Okay, moving along. So today we talk about the men's distance events. And what do we have on tap? Well, tonight, when well, first of all, broad broad spectrum overview. Here we go. Back it up. Wednesday, men's prelims, 10K final. Thursday, women's prelims and 10K final. Friday, all the men's finals events. Saturday, women's finals events. So they they don't have them competing together. I don't know if I really like that so much. You know, I worked the a few uh, track and field meets for Eagle Eye when they had them together. And then when they switched it over and it was kind of nicer than it, it kept the meets, the days shorter, the competition uh, time periods, but I don't know. Uh, and maybe it's, it'd be sweet if you had your competitions first, then like Saturday, the guys get to just go watch the ladies, no pressure. That'd be kind of fun. Um, but it doesn't really feel like, well, any other thing I guess fan wise, you get two really dramatic days versus just one day of finals, but Okay. So we're going to talk about 1,500, 800, all that. And the point of this is those of you who haven't been following track, we're going to give you like the stories you need to know going into this race. So for the men, I think there's two big storylines in the distance world anyway. The first one, it's not maybe quite as major, but Nico Young did not make it to out of his regional. Um, Nico Young, the super freshman from NAU. He ran in California, trying to just give the quick bio in high school. One of the best high school runners we've seen in a long time in cross country. He won either Nike XN or Footlocker, one of the two. Um, and you know, 840, two mile, whatever. Wait, is he from? No, maybe he's not California. Oh, I can't remember. He's got, he's actually got two little brothers who are like sophomores twins. And right now they're both sub 852 milers. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous the the school that he goes to and the the talent that they have so he might not even be the best in his family and he's run 1321 which i think <clears throat> i think that's the um u20 american record or something i don't know it's very close so he ran that earlier this year and then in his regional meet apparently didn't do well he, i think he got, he was an all-american in cross country too so he's burst onto the scene done well it's just kind of a shock he did not make it to the ncaa's on the women's side similar thing caitlin tui perhaps the greatest female high school distance runner that we've had ever, uh, especially if you t think about two mile and up, she's not quite Mary Kane, um, or Mary Decker esque, uh, slower than that, but, but she has the five K three K records. Now she did not make it into the national media. So that's kind of a bummer. It would have been cool to have kind of those two young stars on the men's side. The other main story is the 1500 meter in general. You've got Cole Hawker who ran three fifty indoors in the mile. He also, in that race, got second to his teammate Cooper Tier, who set the NCAA record. It was, you know, they're both top 10 now in the world all time for indoor miles with that 350. They kind of set the stage there early on, went to the indoor national meet, and Cole Hawker won the mile in 353 thanks to like a 55 second last lap, or was it even faster than that? 54. I don't know. It was really, really fast. Um, broke the collegiate record for Lowey Lang set. And then he came back 45 minutes later and ran a 746 and won the 3K title over Cooper tier. So in outdoors, they're not going to see each other. Oh, actually they will see each other again. Tier has um, decided to do just the 5k Cole is in the 1500 and the 5k and that 1500 is stacked. It's loaded. Yard Nagoose is the defending outdoor champion Notre Dame earlier this year. He set the NCA record in the 1500. So all sorts of records falling, right? And uh Yared, it, he ran cross country during indoors. So he did not meet Cole Hawker. So this is like the very anticipated, uh, race. Of course, there is also the storyline because of all these amazing times, 
produced by both these figures, they are kind of metal content, not metal contenders necessarily, but Olympic trials contenders. So they have to also consider that um, a week and a half from now, when they're running at the Olympic trials in the same venue, they better be even sharper uh, because that's where it's really going to pay off. Are they going to qualify for the Olympics? So it's a showdown in the 1500, a showdown in the 5k, the 10k store has some storylines as well as did the, as does the 800. But those, I would say coming in the meet, everyone wants to see Cole Hawker face off against Yard Nagoose. That's probably the first one. All right. So let's take a look at some of these other storylines. Let's break it down event by event. First, the 800 meters, the Cedar skier breaks it down. Thank you for that sound bite. Uh, yes. No, that was a good one. I, I thought it was very good. I thought it was very good. All right. Um, popping in 800. It's loaded. We're, we're thanks to let's run.com for some of these helpful previews and their headline for the, the 800. It says a sixth year senior, a freshman phenom and a few international talents walk into the 800. All right. So uh, this field is headlined by Isaiah Jewett, the senior from USC. He's got the fastest time in the field. 145. Um, 0.16. He's kind of been winning. He hasn't lost an 800 final in this year. He's got great 400 speed, 45.96. In 2019, he was fifth at the U.S. Championship. Okay, so he's right up there. Um, second seed, Cameron Jones from Clemson, 145.47. <clears throat> I'm just running down. <clears throat> Let's see. Do they have this in order? Oh, yeah, they have it in order by... Oh, wait. Do they have this in order? PB season best. It looks like they've got it in order of season best, I think. Um, they can't be the same for sure. Are these all? Um, did they ever have to change? Okay, both of those. Yeah, they oh, actually they have it in the order of the season best. <clears throat> so... Two things I want to point out here. Here's kind of the, the big guns, right? You got Charlie Hunter from Oregon. He was the indoor champ. He's in this race, but he was beaten convincingly by Jewett at the Pac-12s. So right off the bat, you know, Oregon always kind of in contention for the team title. Hunter's going to play a big role in that. They need him. He's one indoors, so he could he could do the double, <clears throat> which would be sweet. Hmm. But Finley McClear, who was zero... 0.01 shy of winning the titles indoor is back. He's from Miami of Ohio. That's kind of sweet. He's a soft. We've got Brandon Miller. This guy ran <clears throat> um, an insane four time as a 14 year old. Brandon Miller ran 151 at 14 and 149 at 15. He's here. He's 19 years old and he's running for uh, Texas A&M. Let me see. Texas A&M, which is if you're Texas A&M is churning out 800 meter studs year after year. You just can go literally right down the line from from um, uh, Brandon McBride, I think, was there on the female side. Well, they they recently had. Um, oh, I can't think of it. They've had like two back to back NCAA champions or two or three. I guess we'll get to that in the women's side too, but that they, they, they always get these studs. Donovan Brazier, they get studs. They're there for a year and then, and they win often in outdoors. And, and so it's a great place to blossom. Brandon Miller, apparently having that, you know, he's the age group phenom 145, five, seven. So he's been improving off of a very, that'd be pretty hard. If you would run 149 as a 15 year old, how do you go? Where do you even go from there? He's in this race. Festus Lagat third at NCAAs and outdoors in, in 2019. He was DQ'd for shoving in his uh, uh, conference meet. He's got a 145.05 PR. 
Okay, he's in the race. Luis Peralta, another Oregon guy, didn't make it to the finals in indoors. Here's my first dude that um, I want to bring our attention to. Shane Strike. You recognize the name, all you Minnesotans? Hmm. Unbelievable Shane Strike. Let me tell you a little bit why Shane Strike is just insane, okay? So Shane Strike went to Wasika. Okay, he graduated from Wasika in 2015. Okay, six-time USATF All-American, five-time AAU All-American. Won a total of seven individual state titles, six in track, one in cross-country. That's pretty sweet. They won, Wasika won state as a team in 2012 and 2015. Uh, at the 2015, he won three events, the 800, the mile, the 4 by 4 He also won cross that year. Dominant senior year, right? He won three straight mile titles, two straight 800. He also played basketball and scored 1,000 points, which makes me angry. Um, let's see. USHF Junior, he was in Janesville. Uh, he's got a, a sister, Allison, a brother, Cole. Cole runs. I looked him up. Cole is a pretty good runner, too. Runs for USD or SDSU, one of the two. And his father ran at MSUM. So I pulled up the MSUM record books. It's like, got to go find the strike name. And he is still in there. Jeff Strike is seventh on the MSUM list in the 800 indoors with a 154. He appears at the thousand. He's got the third best time in the thousand with a 227.84, just four tenths off the school record by Bob Eason. <clears throat> Jeff Strike, 1987. He ran that time. Looks like he ran 1988 too. Uh, do we have any other strike? moments i'm not sure but he's in their top 10 list for a couple other ones is he in outdoors let's quick check outdoor did he ever improve on that time jeff strike he did number five he ran 152 outdoors which places him right ahead of brady spiker so jeff strike right we've got we're coming all the way to my hometown moorhead state this guy the reason i think it's kind of interesting is is it's like okay hold on a minute this guy's been around forever right he graduated high school in 2015 and he ran for the Gophers for three seasons. And then last year <clears throat> did not compete. So his last track track meet was the Big Ten champs in 2019. Indoors, he was fifth, 149. Now, he has not really done anything on a national level. Um, in fact, competing for the U, I'm just going to go here. In 2019, he did not make it to nationals in indoors. Um, oh, he, oh, he was on a, yeah, well, hold on, hold on. Sorry. 2020 didn't make the nationals 2019. He was unattached. So he read, he actually redshirted 2019. Now that's why he's got the extra eligibility. 2020 big tens, uh, regions. We had nothing big tens indoors. Um, and see, okay. 2017, he made it to the preliminary round and track in the 1500, he was ousted. Um, so he really like he has not. He did it in the eight hundred twenty sixteen. That's actually kind of impressive. That was his freshman campaign one fifty one. Um, do we have any indoor nationals on that? So indoor nationals twice. Looks like outdoors in twenty eighteen. He also made it when he was a three. He's a three forty six guy. The fifteen. Okay, so what's the scoop? What happened? Right. Well, there's an article on Minnesota Mile Split from last May. And it kind of says, why did what prompted you to transfer? Basically, he had this eligibility left. Um, he was considering um, 
Yeah. Oh, it says, uh, because basically the U of M couldn't offer a scholarship to him if he were to turn. So he's kind of looking for different opportunities that were kind of financially sound, had an academic program. He chooses Lipscomb. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but Lipscomb is a, uh, it's a church of Christ based school. And I know the theologian to me is kind of like, what does that mean relative to, um, you know, Protestant faith? And and it is slightly different, but anyway, he, he does mention that the article as being part of the reason why he chose that school. So team culture is perfect, tight knit. They have 2,900 people there. Okay. 2,900 students. Final, final question here. Miles split asks is what do you hope to accomplish at Lipscomb after graduation? So two questions. Well, there he wants to add as much value to the school and program as possible. He has says he has some unfinished business on the track and ready to make the most of this one last collegiate opportunity in the outdoor season hopes to help them capture, let's see, district titles, Additionally, I hope to represent the national, or the university at the national meet in Eugene, either the eight and the fifteen, and two Lipscomb athletes qualified for this event. Crazy, right? Performance perspective: Although lofty, my goal is to run the low one forty eights for the eight, break three forty one in the fifteen. Though I don't have any indoor eligibility remaining, I still want to train hard, run fast, and break four in the mile. He says he plans to continue his running career, join a post collegiate team. Um. So it looks like he's gonna. He wants to pursue that passion as long as he can. It's kind of cool. All right, and um, so great, great little story here to cheer for Shane. I love him. I think he's kind of. I pick him as one of my. And just comparison, by the way, two thousand nine hundred undergrads at the school MSU, where his dad went, has four thousand five hundred seventy-two. So it's just kind of cool, right? Wasika to the U. Not a terrible career. He wasn't just you know spit up, turned out, gone. Um, but he has not accomplished what he wanted to, I think. And that's accurate. Now he goes to this small school in Nashville, Tennessee, and here, here it goes. The other storylines I think I put in here, Devin Dixon. He's never won an NCAA title. He has an insane time. He's a fifth-year senior. He's definitely the most talented guy in this field. Um, I think he's being kind of underrated, Devin Dixon is, because um, his, his PR, let's see, where is Dixon's PR on this? Uh, 144.76. He's the only guy in the 44s, 144. Um, he's tall, he's lean, he's a good sprinter. He's on their four by four every year too. Um, and he's gotten second and third. He's just, he's always been right there in the cusp of winning and waited around a whole extra year here, fifth year senior. So I think he could come on our head. He hasn't been running well this year. That's kind of why people are not considering him. He was only eighth at the, at the conference meet with a one forty seven six five season best. So understandably, he's not really seeming to be too relevant to say the least. My picks. So this can be saved. Festus Lagat. I have him winning. I have Finley McClear, number, number two, and I have Charlie Hunter getting number three. I just predict Jewett is going to get bounced. It's just kind of too good to be true, right? He comes in undefeated. It's just, it, it, I always feel like those are the people who, when it matters the most, they something goes wrong and, and we'll all feel bad for him. So there's the 800. Let's go to the 1500. 1500 storylines. Well, first of all, this is a absolutely loaded race. Absolutely loaded race. It's the one we've all been waiting for. If you look at the PBs here, we've got 334 for Yard Nagoo. Sam Tanner, 334. He actually ran that indoors as the collegiate record. He is a freshman, goes to Washington. Sam Tanner made the has made the Olympics already, I think, for Australia. So he has not been running all that well. Some people think he's just kind of getting set up for August. We got Iliad Kipsang, the freshman in Alabama, 335. He soloed the number six time all time at the regional meet just for no reason. Okay. He just likes to just hammer 
from the gun. Of course, we got Cole Hawker in there, 335. He's the uh, in three 3K champ. He's been the talk of the town for a while here. Walid Suleiman, Junior Ole Miss, 336. NCA run or SEC runner up third in the indoor mile. Okay. Another Ole Miss guy, Mario Garcia Romo, 337. He's a Spaniard. He was third in the NCA 3K. Jack Salisbury, Junior Georgetown, 337. Big East champ. He PR by three seconds at the regional meet. Okay. He's all of a sudden coming in. So he ran that race there. Uh, senior Talon Franco, 337. He's 26 years old. He goes to BYU. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need to know. Ryan Adams, Senior Furman, 337. Another 337. These times are nuts. Lucas Bonds, freshman, BYU, ninth in the indoor mile, 337. Paul Ryan, Washington State. Casey Comer, Villanova, 337. Brandon Tubby, North Carolina, 338. Adam Fogg, 338. James West, another Oregon guy. He's 25 years old, a British dude. Has the best PB in the field. Actually, his personal best is 334.07. So, not sure when that's from exactly, but probably some sort of British national race. Um, who are some others here? Reed Brown, another Oregon duck in the race. We've got the stories that I, Oh, Isaac Bassett in the final qualifier, 340. He ran the 5,000 at the conference meet and didn't score. How crazy is that, right? He had a 343 P 343 personal best before the region meet. I love him. He's the ultimate underdog in this race. So what are the storylines here? Well, how about let's take a look at that. Isaac Bastin. First of all, no connection to Alec Bastin, the school record holding the 3K and the steeplechaser who is a, a gopher right now and is in the steeplechase. No relation, but I Googled him anyway because I thought maybe there was. And when I saw that he was from Buffalo, Minnesota, I was like, oh, I bet he's related to Alec Bastin. No, no, not true. Bastin is from Green Bay. That, uh, this Isaac Bastin is from Buffalo. But freshman, he's an underdog. He's in there. Okay. Um, first, my picks. I think Nagoose wins this. I think Hawker gets second, and I think West is in there as well. I, th I picture the Oregon Ducks really trying to make pushes here as a team. Um, and I could see Kip saying taking it out hard, but I just believe Nagoose has everything that there is to handle handle the race because he's the cross-country All-American. He's shown he can run anything 15 to 5. He can run fast from the gun. He set the NCAA record in the prelim of a conference meet, for crying out loud, um, and just just did it from you know all by himself. So... I also know he can kick. That's how he won last time. You'll you'll need to be able to handle the rounds. You need to be sharp. Um, you don't necessarily have to be. Um, you know, well, you can't really even ask for a miracle race. You have to be fit to win the fifteen hundred because you have to do. You do have to manage the rounds and then be able to hold on for a fast final. You know, six or eight hundred. So Nagus has shown some instincts. I just think he's going to be there. But the showdown between him and Hawker should be epic. And throwing into the mix the Kip Sang factor that he seems to just really. Uh, go crazy it is kind of fun uh i do think west maybe maybe he's a dark horse and maybe he's been just kind of saving it up all year i don't know does it the fastest pb so he's kind of the guy i feel like in that field that they could just kind of mix it up there okay all right let's go to the next event that is the men's 5k i do believe this will be wesley kiptu trying to solo it against the ducks that's hawker and tier remember hawker is trying to do the double 1500 5k no one no male has ever done that sheila reed did it in 2011 and uh he would only be i think either the second or third person maybe just the second to to do that in general okay so gotta click on my link here pull up my 5k 10k what do we got okay so <clears throat> again 
Hawker's in there. He is going to try and go for the double. Who else is in the 5K? Oops, I'm on the 10K right now. We got Hawker, his PB, 1319. Uh, doubling back. He, by the way, if he does this double, the 15-5K double, he would have the 15-5K double and the mile 3K double from indoors. That's pretty impressive. I just don't think anything compares to Chez. Chez went three straight years where he won cross country. That alone is an incredible feat to win cross three times in a row. Um, and, and it's such a bummer. He lost his senior year. Like, Oh my gosh. But, but, but Chez has like 16 national titles to his name. Cause he went three straight years of winning the cross title two in indoor and two in outdoor. Um, and then of course he missed his, his senior year, but that's, that's just the most dominant double, triple, triple, double, whatever you want to do. So Cooper tears in here. He's run 13, 17 before season best 13, 20. Of course he's, he won second in the indoor and the three kick is out, out sprinted by Hawker. So he's out here looking for his first individual title, which is, is a big deal. Okay. And, um, he won the DMR obviously, but and also him and his teammate Cole are going to be trying to, you know, probably anchor, you know, a potential attempt by Oregon to be relevant in the team scoring. They'll be joined by some pretty stellar company. This 5K has literally like no weak point here. Okay. We got Wesley Kiptu, sophomore, Iowa State, 1321. He just absolutely dominated the indoor 5K, uh, but he's been beat by Hawker in tier in April. And I think Kiptu correct i think he dominated the 5k and then tried to go run cross country three days later because remember this year they had cross country like the same time as indoor track <clears throat> kind of weird uh but so anyway he's he's a tough runner uh and he's he could push the pace very very hard i i anticipate he will i think he's doing the 10k as well so he'll be relevant there robert brandt big east champ ninth and 19 13 24 he's a senior here's an interesting one casey Klinger. if you recognize that name he's a two-time nike cross national champ He's a freshman, okay, despite his, uh, he graduated high school in 2017. So if Casey Klinger, Utah, two-time NXN champ, that's insane. Um, He was just the stud of all studs. Then he goes to BYU, goes on, oh, before he went on his mission, he ran cross country and did very well. He was an All-American as a true freshman. Then he takes his two-year mission, he's back. He has been ripping it up, though. Like every single one of his races so far, has been has been great. If you look at his tefers here, just pulling it up, um, he's run. He's just twenty twenty one kicked off the year in. Uh, oh, actually, he did run an indoor. He ran indoors, but then he ran cross country. I see. So he got thirteenth this year in cross, which is amazing. Um, he ran a few cross country races, did well, got third, got first at one. Uh, yeah, he's 24th as a true freshman. Okay. Indoors. He runs a 5,013.28 in February. That was a couple weeks before he finished his cross country season. Hayward premier outdoors, 1324. Then he runs a mile in 359. Then a 1,538, another 5k in 1330. And then just cruising through. So, I mean, he's had just great performances. Uh, another, so I, I think Klinger is kind of like flying under the radar a little bit. He's got the cred in terms of you know, high school winning races, obviously. And then, I mean, he is older. So he, this would normally be like his true senior year in college, which is just kind of frightening. I think, right. 18 would be freshman 19 sophomore 20. Yeah. This, this is his true senior year. If he had done all four years, no coronavirus. So that's kind of crazy. Okay. He's one of those. We have another athlete though. Who's even older, actually two Eric Hamer and Olin hacker 
Okay. Oh, before I get to them, here's another guy who has been super hot this fall. Graval Grialva. I don't know how to say his name. He's the NAU guy. Um, he has a nasty kick. He's had great times. Um, and he is in this in this field as well. I do think that if the race comes down down to being somewhat tactical and a sprint finish, he's someone you got to keep your eye on because I'm not sure if anyone can kick with him. Well, except for Hawker could and Tier could, obviously, but 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 um Graval Grialva has more strength than either of those runners, possibly from kind of his cross country stuff. So I think, you know, he's kind of, again, flying under the immediate attention because Oregon is taking it all up and then kind of the Oregon versus Canyon battles taking it up. Okay. So these old guys, Olin Hacker, let's start with him. He has been around forever. Okay. High school class of 2015. He's never been an all American. He hardly ever made it to nationals. Why is that kind of amazing? Well, you'd have to sort of know how good he was in high school. So I had to kind of look at his bio. He's from Madison, went to the hometown college. Um, and after kind of reading through this, I was like, you know, Madison, Wisconsin it sort of has this tendency, I feel like, to collect some really good high school studs, keep them in the program for a while, but they never really do too much. I think of even just locally um, – Rob Finnerty, you know, as a freshman, won the mile and the two mile in one state track meet, one of the most loaded fields of all time. He was a sub four miler and coming out of high school. And you just never heard about him at Wisconsin, but he ran all four years there. Um, uh, who is the middle distance guy from Buffalo? Zach Mellon, same thing, comes out 148 as a sophomore in high school, just never really kind of improves upon that. All in Hacker, high school, finished second at the Nike Cross Nationals in 2014. Second at 2014 Foot Locker Nationals, one of only four prep runners in 2014 or an All American as a both. So he was second in both of those, uh, which is just nuts. So 2013, 2014 Gatorade Boys Cross Country Runner of the Year, uh, Track and Field Athlete of the Year, two time state champ in cross, three time All State, uh, four time state track champ. Win the mile on the two mile two years in a row. Um, I wish I had access to his high school times here, but I don't think I see them. But even if you look at now, just his personal best now, he's a 401 in the mile from 2019, 752 in 2020. That's a really good 3K time. So no shame there. 5K, 1359 from 2017, which again indicates kind of just the potential he had. And in his cross country times, his PRs are from 2016 or 2018. Um, so he's been kind of in the mix, but his, his greatest honors are he did. He was a first team all American in the distance medley. Um, but he has, he's competed in three cross championships, never been all American in any of those, um, 2017 NCAA West prelim qualifier and track. That's, those are his only like national experiences as an individual, just kind of strange. So he is in here. He's like a hundred years old. Um, actually he's not, but, but it, I, I, there's like this pro and con, right? Like it's, it's kind of cool that, yeah, he's had this really long career, but he has not blossomed like he should have for, for someone to be second place in Foot Locker and NXN in the same year. I mean, we're talking, he should be multi, multi-time all American with those credentials. Um, so that's kind of disappointing, I'm sure. But here he is for uh, one, his only first or his first ever individual NCAA track and field experience i'm not sure I, I guess i could look it up if he's qualified individually and cross you know he's obviously been there as a team so or with with the wisconsin team okay so that's one of them how about eric hamer though this guy 
maybe is even more amazing. Another one of the ancient dudes. And this whole me is kind of littered with them because you've got people who could have been fifth year seniors last year. And then they, the NCAA grants them this, you know, extra year of eligibility. So now they got a sixth year and, and just picture if they had done something like, you know, um, Lauren Martin at Adam state where Lauren Martin ran six years and it was a red shirt year plus a medical one. Um, she, her career lasted just forever. Um, but the, let's see, Eric, Eric came crazy careers. I have in my notes started in fall of 2015. He is, he's run for CSU or he runs for CSU. Um, and they've got a great, uh, sports information. So we can kind of follow here. 2015, he ran cross, Highlight there. He ran the Mountain West, got 15th place. And then he went to the region, the Mountain Region, and was 93rd. And didn't make it to nationals. So his national performances in cross country come from his sophomore year in 2016, was 185th place. 2017, junior, 90th place. 2018 is a senior season, okay? 18th place, All-American, pretty sweet way to go out, right? Well, he had redshirted some things in there. So 2019, that winter, would have been his true senior year. And he did have a 10,000-meter prelim and 5,000-meter. He made it to the prelims and the 10 and the 5. Did not make it to nationals. Okay. He must have had a redshirt. Well, let's see. I'm not sure what, what year would have been his redshirt. Maybe 2017. Either way, he was left with some outdoor eligibility. Oh, yes, because he ran... In 2019, he ran outdoor, but he did not do it in, it looks like maybe 2016. Anyway, this guy ran a long time and basically had to sit around at CSU because all of 2020, he had indoor experience, but never got to run at nationals. So super huge bummer. He had qualified in the 5K. He had the 14th best time. So here he is back. Um, oh, no, that's a lie. Sorry. 2016 was his... Uh, in 2020, he qualified for indoors, but then he also qualified this year in indoors and got second in the 5,000 meters, it says. Is Hamer second in the 5,000 meters? That can't be. Yeah, he was. He was the NCAA runner-up. So here it is, right? His his career started a long time ago. He's a six-year senior and won an NCAA indoor runner-up, and he's come a long way. I mean, if you look at his high school times, you know, he was a Palmer Ridge. He did win the state championship in the two-mile runner-up in the mile. Ran one cross. This was right before we would have showed showed up. And you look at his PRs, though, in the 800, 157. In the 1600, 418, 3200, 858. That is a really good time, especially if it was running in Colorado. And he placed fourth at the 2014 Nike Cross Nationals. That was my fifth year senior year of cross country as well. So he was he was in the mix there, right? Um, but yeah, not not an amazing world beater that you would see, but the progression's been consistent. Um, and he he is in there as well. The 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 names in this 5K though, it just it is kind of one after the other. Again, we got those guys got Morgan Beatles coming from Michigan, 1329, uh, was third at the NCAA indoor. Everyone's kind of here. Ben Veach in Indiana. Big 10 champ in the 10K. Amon Kemboy. Um, oh, <laughs> and we get to our last couple. We talk, You talk about um, maybe the... Oh. Okay. I was looking at something in the, sh in the notes here about doing the 1500 and 5K double. Some people have done, have won both events, but not on the same 
day. Closest though, Lowey, 2014. He he won the 5K in an all-out classic by defeating Enchez and then doubled back, but was 0.04 of the 1500 title. That's kind of sad. And Lowey ran 3.33 and 13 flat at the time and couldn't do it. So winning winning that double is something that is very very difficult to do. Um, Galen Rupp did the 3K, 5K, and DMR at one indoor meet. Chez did the mile 3K and 5K. That's even more impressive. Um, but I don't think he won all those that year. So, Hawker, can he do it? One more guy, though, in here that I wanted to mention. He's also in the 10K, so let's mention Vincent Kiprop. Vincent Kiprop competed against Glenn Ellingson. Okay, this is kind of crazy. Vincent Kiprop did two full cross-country, indoor, and outdoor seasons at the D2 level at Missouri Southern. Won a couple of titles in various events. Okay. Uh, raced against Sydney Gidebay. Raced against all these Adams guys because I remember 2015, 2016. So 2015, 2016, and then it would have been the winter of 2017. Uh, I was living in El most of the time. Kiprop was super relevant, right? He was dominating. Then he transfers to D3, and he does uh, Alabama – does a third season, 2017 to 2018, does third full season of everything, okay? <clears throat> Entering his senior year, this is 2018, fall, doesn't do anything in cross. 2019, he does an indoor season, redshirts outdoor. So basically, he went for his whole senior year. He only competed in one season. Um, comes back fall 2019. So, so far, not super rare, right? I mean, this is a fifth year of college. That's not that crazy. But, you know, fall cross country, he does compete. Is this his last year? Yes, it must have been. December, he's got, he's going in now. If you think December, 2019, right? He, all he has left is an outdoor season of eligibility, but he's, he's going to the school for this entire time. And this is the part I think that makes this kind of so amazing is since he did every single season, three years in a row, the first three years, he spent the last three years doing just one season each time, which is just kind of crazy. Okay. So um, in 20, 2018, 2019, the only thing he did was indoor track 2019, 2020. The only thing he did was fall cross country. And now he's come all the way back again to wait around for his outdoor last season. So I'm just kind of curious for him, like how much school, you know, you could earn like 25 degrees. Cause again, I feel like typically, you know, it's not, there are a few six year people here, but some of them are either going for graduate school or they had a situation where, you know, they did the first four years of, or the first five years of their career pretty spaced out in a more normal way. And so, you know, this last year, yeah, if they went back, they probably went for another degree because they know the only thing I can compete in is outdoor. I got to wait the whole year for that. But Kiprop's been like doing that for three years in a row. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, he's he's going to be in this race. So what do we got here? What are my predictions? Well, uh, I got a dark horse, John Dressel. Don't forget about him. You heard it here first. Uh, from Colorado. Kiprop, also obviously a dark horse. He just is ancient. I can't believe a guy who was running. He has results, I guess, unfortunately, it's not from the same season that I was competing. 2015 fall, I was, um, I had eligibility in indoor 2015 and outdoor 2015. Did not compete because I was injured, but still, it's like kind of connected there. He's 26 years old. <clears throat> He's another one of those guys. Um, Connor Mance, is he in this race too? Is Mance in the 5K? Gosh, that'd be nuts. Connor Mance. Connor Mance. I know Mance is in the 10K. 
I have him in my 5K notes, but I think he is only in the 10K. Did I make my predictions for the 10K? I guess I better check because that is the one race that's going to be taken off here pretty soon. Kiprop is in the 10K, so that's exciting. Hamer, Eric Hamer, is in the 10K as well. He's doing the 10-5 double, the guy we mentioned before. Oh, 10K is pretty loaded too. We have Edwin Kurgat, Iowa State. He was the 2019 cross-country champ, um, and his teammate is Kiptu, who won the NCAA Indoor 5K dominant and then was third in XC because he tried to come back and do it like two days later. And Connor Mance, who is the NCAA XC champ, and he graduated from high school in 2015, although he's like a sophomore this year, eligibility-wise. He's got, he's again, um, did his mission, so so um, he's got some time still. Yeah, so that 10K is going to be huge too. So let's make our predictions here. 5K, then 10K. <clears throat> I've got... What? I didn't make my predictions for the 5K? That means I have to do it like right now. Oh my gosh. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? Let's say um, I do think Louis Gravilla is going to be on the podium in some fashion. <clears throat> I don't know if I want to pick it to win. Yeah, I'll pick him to win. NAU guy wins. Okay. I'm going to predict that he out sprints Hawker because... Oh, oh man, I could see Hawker not even racing this. Actually, I'm going to take a gamble and say that Hawker doesn't race this because he's too he maybe is too concerned about the trials. I know it doesn't make sense because if he didn't do as well like I predicted in the 15, he'd probably be hungry to come back. But let's just pretend he doesn't. Let's say it's Gravalva out kicking tier, and in third place, just like screaming in is Hamer and kind of under the cover. Everyone else blows up in some way. Okay, okay. How about the 10k? 10k predictions. Wow, I didn't even make predictions for this. I was cut short of my prep time. Now I have to decide this tonight. How is this race going to unfold? Oh, man. I think Kip 2 is going to take it out hard. He just runs that way. He's got 2737 PB. Um, he is going to take it out hard. That's how he runs everything. He'll go. Kurgat's going to work with him. They're both teammates. They're both um, Kenyans. I think they're going to try and um, pound in one to submission. And being fresh... Um, unlike in cross where he was not fresh, Connor Mance took advantage of him. I think Kiptu is the heavy, heavy favorite actually in this race. I know Mance has shown some really awesome metal this whole year. He's run some great times in a variety of events and he's obviously very strong, but no, I just, I don't trust that he is. And he's also probably thinking, you know, like I've got the NCAA title from cross. Really? I want to win great at the trials. So, you know, this is kind of a tune up race for that. Maybe. Um, he's got to run so many different 10Ks. I, I just kind of think it's going to be Kip too. He's got everything to prove that he, that he was the man and just got ripped and crossed. So I think Kip is going to win big. <clears throat> I think second place is probably going to be up in the air because I just, I don't know if I trust Kurgat as much for whatever reason. I, I picture him being the guy who kind of goes with Kip too, helps him set a hard pace, but then is the one that pays the price and someone else is going to kind of sneak in there. Uh, because maybe they ran smarter. I'm not sure who that's going to be. Um, but, you know, Kiprop's best time is only 28-23. There are, let's see, one, two, three, four athletes who've gone under 28. Uh, you got the super shoes, though. I mean, maybe maybe some of these guys just haven't done it as much. <clears throat> so, oh, Gilbert Boyd's in here, too. He's one of those ancient guys from Arkansas. Is there anyone else that I would pick? There's a guy who's a freshman named Nicholas Scudder, and he goes to Charlotte. I didn't even know Charlotte was a school. Like, oh my goodness here. John Russell is in here. He was seventh in XC in 2019. So maybe he's really made for the 10K. Maybe Dressel is going to come out here in the 10K. 
Okay, so I do think it's a hands down. Kiptu's going to win. Mance has some pride, so I could see him getting third. It's just a question who's going to be kind of my dark horse second pick. I think it's got to be someone who sneaks up and runs a good second half of the race. So let's go with, go with Dressel. That's weird. I got Dressel in there again. So <laughs> Kiptu, Dressel, and who is my third guy? Uh, Mance. That's probably not going to be right. Oh, well. I'm terrible at picking these things. So that has been <laughs> the Cedar Skier podcast. Um, yeah, that has been the Cedar Skier podcast. NCAA day one men's fields. Check them out tonight. You go to letsrun.com to find like the schedule. Let's see when the first event is happening. The final for the 10K is 1038 Eastern time. So that's 938 if you're in central time zone. That's 838 for us about four hours from now. The first event... Let's see. I had my schedule up in a second. Pull it back. First event. First event. Schedule, schedule. Here it is. TV and streaming. I wonder if we can get any of this too. It'd be cool. So it starts eight. Oh, this is the TV one. Come on. Where's the actual schedule? First event. I guess they kind of already started Pacific time. Yeah, so that's 3.30 hour time. Uh, the running event starts soon. 5.02 Pacific. That's 6.02 our time with the four by one. So that's when the first race is taking off. And then the 1500 is, is uh, starting shortly after that Six sixteen our time. All right. So that, there you have it. I work diligently. Hopefully some people enjoy that. You track and field fans. We will, we'll see if we have time tomorrow to do any, a bit of a show covering any of these things, but otherwise probably hoping to do something previewing the women's and then recapping how the races went. 